everybody. Welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker, and I'm a musician based here in Chicago, Illinois. I am also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Music Therapy is a show where I dive deep into the psyche of musicians and bands. We talk about music, music careers, mental health, the music business, the creative process, touring, recording, balancing life and music, and really anything else me and my guests want to talk about. If you want to know more about the podcast or myself and my own music, please visit musictherapypodcast.com, and you can also visit jessicarisker.com. Today is our first group session episode. Group session is where I dive deep into the psyche of full bands. I talk to bands about band dynamics, how they write, how they fight, how they work together, and more. Our first group session is with Chicago band Tobacco City. Usually there's five performers in the band, but due to pandemic restrictions, I spoke with just two of the members, founding member Chris Coleslaw and Lexi Goddard. Here's Tobacco City's bio. Chicago's Tobacco City draw on their love of all things Americana to create an urban country sway for good times and bad. Bonds cemented in a love for Neil Young, Gene Clark, and classic country troubadours ground the group's lo-fi sound. Lexi Goddard and Chris Coleslaw's harmonies provide a bed for their nostalgic, melancholy, and often silly lyricism. This episode was streamed live from Cafe Mustache. At the end of our conversation, Tobacco City will play a short set of live songs. Before we get to my conversation with Tobacco City, here's one of my songs. This is Zero Summer Mind off the album I See You Among the Stars. i 
That was Zero Summer Mind off the album I See You Among the Stars. And now, here's a conversation with Tobacco City. <laughs> so how are you guys doing? Yeah. Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. So before tonight, have you seen each other recently or how have things been looking for you guys lately? Yeah, we've practiced a bunch in the last couple weeks uh, leading up to this and um, we've gotten together with a band a couple times uh-huh. and, you know, throughout the past year we've been able to see them outside and, you know, you know hang and we uh, listen to the test pressing of the record and yeah, so we've seen each other. Yeah, we've seen yeah. each other more lately than we were, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you guys both been in Chicago the whole time for the for this past year? Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly. I was in Michigan for on and off through the summer, staying with my mom. Um, okay, well, let me, let's get started. Let's, let's get to know you a little bit. So you guys actually have a five-piece band, right? Mm-hmm. You guys, we, yes. we tried to keep it small for this one. But can you guys share your bandmates and what everybody does in the band? Sure. Yeah. Um, so Eliza is our bass player. Josh plays the drums. And... Slippery Nick is our pedal steel player. Nicky <laughs> uh-huh. Noodle. And collectively, those three are the band Gliders. And then me and Lexi sing and play guitar. How did you guys all meet up? Um, should I tell our origin story? Yeah. Uh, Chris and I met working at Same Day Cafe in Logan Square. Um, and bonded over music, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually came to see him play for the first time here at Cafe Mustache. And I was like, I got to play with this dude. This is amazing. Um, and then we started a Neil Young cover band. Oh, yeah. So we <laughs> played <laughs> American Stars and Bars for uh, a couple Halloween shows. Yeah. And then we're like, we got to continue to okay. do this. Yeah. So it just worked. Yeah. 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 And it was a duo for about a year. And then... We like kind of coaxed or like I feel like we groomed or like got, somehow got Josh and Eliza to play with us. And we were like subtly trying to do it for a while <laughs> and be really cool about it. Because um, they were already, Gliders is our favorite band. So it was like, how do we get these guys to be in our band? <laughs> so you had, to, you had to kind of play it non-committal at first. Yeah. yeah. Well, Josh had recorded our first, the first stuff we recorded, like our first EP. So he was around and playing on that. So he was an easy sell. So what are your, you know, we talked about the instruments you play, but one of the things I wanted to know is what, what roles do you guys play in your bands? Is there somebody who's organized? Is there somebody who's always late? Is there somebody who's always cheerful or always grumpy? We're all, well, I was going to say we're all always late, but that's not true. Nick is always on time. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely always he's on time. He's very always yeah. on time. I'd say I'm pretty on time. Yeah, you're pretty on time. Honestly... Yeah, that's never really, like, a huge issue. It's more so, like, we're all on time, but then everyone's, like, really chatty for, like, the first hour, and we, like, don't get into actual... You're bonding. You're bonding. Yeah, we're bonding. Yeah. Which, you know, it's nice. Yeah, it is nice. Okay, well, that's... So you chat, you just kind of hang out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say Chris is kind of, like, the main correspondent. You do well in that. Um between, you know, booking shows and whatnot, and um, Nick's pretty responsible in all ways. He definitely has his shit together. 
Um, and Josh and Eliza are just like constant hype men, like <laughs> like always like super excited, you know, that new stuff we're all coming up with. So yeah. yeah. Do you think that they play the same roles in your band as they do in Gliders? No. No, no. Not at all. I think that that's probably why it's been able to work is because you know they can especially because it's like they're the rhythm section so it's like they can like play and come up with their parts and it's not as much of having to steer the ship or whatever so who steers the ship the wind <laughs> yeah he won't admit that it's him <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> I th- because I th- it's not in your nature. I don't think it's in your nature to be like, yeah, I'm leading this or whatever. But I think since it started out as a duo with him and I, we, like, I think maybe it takes the pressure off you in a, a, a way because mm-hmm. I'm fairly opinionated. Oh, um, pressure but, about, like, decisions? About, like, yeah, what kind of decisions? To, just, like, what shows we should play, how we should go about, you know, Promoting. promoting and yeah um but I, I would say also like i don't want to just say it's just us because it really is very collective yeah it at is the end of the day, yeah. which is really what i wanted out of it and that's why it was like so crucial to get nick and josh and liza because i really just wanted people we could trust to like make decisions and not have to sort of even influence it's just like we can just trust everybody to make tasteful decisions especially like mm-hmm. musically you know what i mean Totally, to, totally. Like, arrange anything. It's very collectively arranged, the music. Hmm. So, well, that's something I'm curious about, too, is how does songwriting work in the band, and how do you guys figure out what you're going to do musically? I think that's where a lot of the, like, kind of taking our time and, like, chit-chatting and jamming a little bit and, like, not really having a ton of structure to practices sometimes. Uh-huh plays into that um but I think generally you know Chris comes with an idea um and all of us have at some point uh-huh. but I would say like main you know for the most part Chris comes with an idea and then we just expand on it um but yeah yeah I think as time goes on it's getting more been more and more collective so like having an idea and then just sort of jamming around on it. Like Lexi wrote one of the songs on our upcoming album. And then one of them we wrote like literally out of the ether collectively. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's going to move more towards that. I, I hope so. But like, I think the only reason it ends up being so many of my songs is because I just have like a lot of songs ready. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you're kind of jumping off point. Yeah. Yeah. But you would like it to move to more of a, Collaborative. Well, no, not that it's not collaborative, but more of a. Yeah, I think you get a more interesting result if everyone, if it's open enough for everyone's ideas. You know, and I, I think in former projects where I was the main songwriter, I was like too hung up on things being the way I was picturing them in my head, and it turns out that I'm usually wrong. <laughs> so it's like it's better to let other trustworthy people make those decisions because what's in my head isn't necessarily right, you know. So you're letting go of a little control. I'm trying to. I, have I think you do to. a good job yeah. with it. Is it hard to do that? Uh, not with this project, no. It's very easy. Yeah. Sounds like you trust everybody. Definitely, definitely. We have, like, very similar tastes in music. Like, I would never even 
guess that that would happen where someone would lay something down that I was like would disapprove of or something like that. Has somebody brought in an idea and you've been like, I don't think that's the right fit? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. So. Um, and it, I, I don't think I don't think so. No, I think it's been pretty like cohesive. Yeah, egalitarian for sure. So tell me about a time you guys had a fight <laughs> <laughs> or we were, tension. We were worried about this one. <laughs> Um, well, okay, so um, we did have, it was probably like a year and a half ago, uh-huh. um, so we we made a record, I mean, when was that, like two like years June ago? June 2019, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so the way that we made the record, um, I think because of the sort of structurelessness of the band, I knew that if we were, because we had we had recorded our first EP at Josh's house at their his studio, and it went really well and it sounds amazing. But I knew that if we had all the time in the world to do it, it would like take us. We would maybe never get anything done. Mm-hmm. So what we did is booked two days at a studio out in Rock Island, um, and did the whole thing in two days. And so I think that that was sort of stressful to have to do it all so quickly. Uh-huh. And that was with mixing as well. So we really like knocked them out live and fast, yeah. which is exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and that's why I made that happen. And in retrospect, I think it was very stressful for everybody. Just really long days. And, and then the, the process of finishing the record, I think, lended to some like sort of ruffled feathers. Like... Um, sort of like you know like small resentments building up and then over some drinks one night we had like a little bit of a skirmish the boys in the band yeah I was not there and neither was Eliza so yeah (laughs) and it was it was fine and it was actually very good it was just like letting out some built up stuff and then we came here to Cafe Mustache and had beers and it was fine Mm -hmm. more beers (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, and I think since then, and then we we had a big meeting after that, and then it was like, let everything out in the open, like, okay, what are the, because, you know, the... Resetting big, expectations. Yeah, yeah, like, what do we want to really do, big picture? Do we want to tour a lot? Do we want to, um, is this, like, what level of commitment do we want to have to this? And it was the fight that led, to, not the fight, but the argument that led to that happening. So yeah, I was just going to say, it sounds like this moment that was more coming out of the recording session led to a broader discussion about the band. Yeah, mm-hmm. essential, yeah. And I think it was making the record that we were all like, I think we all just were really excited and um, realized that we all loved the project so much that it was like we had to figure out like what the game plan was or yeah. something like that. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Uh, just sort of like... It was mostly around, like, touring, like, mm-hmm. trying to figure out, like, how we were going to tour. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm, like, always want to be touring. I'm, like, I want to be on the road. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of a matter of me wanting to figure out, like, if this was a thing, a vehicle for that, basically. Yeah, and if, if Josh and Eliza and Nick being in gliders had the, you know, the capacity to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they, I don't think they would never not want to. It's just about having, you know, putting their attention on it. And yeah, they have a whole other Prioritizing band. it, you know, and 
asking people to do that is hard when they have other projects. Is yeah. it something that you ever considered doing, you know, sort of a double tour? Yeah, we've talked about doing that. It's like, <laughs> it's funny because it's like since the last year, like it, it hasn't really been an issue. Like yeah. it hasn't come up because nobody knew like the future of touring for so long. Yeah. So it hasn't really come up that much. And I think I also just sort of like let go of like needing, I, I feel like I sort of have let go of like, feeling like it's necessary to be like an endlessly touring band or something oh what do you can i would like to hear more about that like you're coming to that um well i think i i, I feel a lot less stressed out about i don't know how to put this besides like succeeding <laughs> I, I like uh-huh. i feel like a lot less pressure for anything i'm doing musically to be like successful especially like in any financial way. I feel like as long as it's sustaining itself, I'm, like, not that concerned anymore. And, like, letting our abilities as a band guide what happens rather than, like, the expectation, like, the typical expectation of a band, you know? Why has that changed? Um, I think that it came from the relief of the pandemic. Like, it was kind of a relief to not have to be thinking about booking Mm -hmm. tours and... and, uh, you know, endlessly promoting and, like, figuring out what's next and keeping the ball rolling, like, knowing that that felt like a relief was kind of like, oh, wait a minute, like, why am I so relieved, you know? Yeah. And, like, I'd rather be chase the feeling of, like, relief and easiness than stress. So it's feeling pretty stressful. Yeah, I think, I mean, it can be stressful, you know? Like, yeah, well, you were also balancing multiple projects, too. So yeah, and that's another I thing that I'm sort of maybe not going to do anymore, either. Do some other projects? Yeah, there was a point there where I was in playing in, like, five bands and trying to do this project mostly, and, like, it was just getting to be too much, I think. Too much, too much rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you're saying the forced pause, the forced break kind of made you realize how stressful it was and that you didn't like that feeling was it sort of an existential what is life about kind of thought was it or was it just like I'd rather just this is I'm pushing myself too hard I I think it was probably those things sort of coupled together um I think I think that I what I didn't realize was that my stress was of making me make bad decisions that I was making forced decisions. Like what? Um, just sort of like really rushing to finish the record and like really rushing to try and get a tour together and um, like that sort of uh, aspect of it. Like if I realized I was rushing it. Well, it take, took the joy out of it, right? Like yeah. that's... Yeah, and it was never like not joyful or anything, but... Did you yeah. take the quality out of it, do you think? I think it was just making me... I, I, think, I think it was just... Uh, my, de- my decisions just were... I realized in retrospect that they were rushed. Um, but also the pandemic giving me so much time to think. I think my, I think my overall like perspective has shifted. So it's like I just feel a lot less concerned with like competing with other bands and... like. Um, like dealing with their expectations I actually feel like more compelled to like do whatever we want exclusively Mm -hmm. 
When you say dealing with other bands and their expectations, what are you referring to? Um, just sort of, I feel like there is definitely like a blueprint for like a model of success and like moving up a sort of successful ladder with music mm -hmm. that I was sort of reluctantly playing into because I wanted as many people to hear this band because I love our band. Mm -hmm. And I was, that was my motivation, but what I realized is it was like I was also um, sort of capitulating to the blueprint despite the fact that I don't really have any interest in it, you know. I have a couple questions branching off from that. One is, what can you give a rough outline of the blueprint? Um, yeah, sure. Um, uh, so I feel like, I mean, social media is such a huge part of this, but it feels very much like um, it's sort of like make an EP, get your single written up, and then it's like hype, 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 mm -hmm. full-length record, tour, South by Southwest, and then, and then it's like if by your second record you haven't like sort of gotten whatever enough of a following a review yeah like oh you got to get the 7.5 pitch for it <laughs> yeah right you know it's like and it after a while it's like okay like and it and it's all just like all of the photos it's it's, it's so based on social media that yeah um i've i have less interest in like pursuing that unless it's like on our terms i guess Okay, so that leads me to my other question, which is, you know, you're you're saying you want to do it for the sake of doing it because you enjoy it. What about the spotlight uh, aspect? And I don't mean to, this, you know, for both of you, I don't mean to focus on Chris, but Chris, yeah. what do you mean by that? The spotlight. Do you like the spotlight? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm comfortable with saying that, yeah. It's like you, it's, it's a weird balance because it's like you want the most attention possible without ever admitting that you want the most attention possible but it's because you want if you believe in the music it's like you want you you want that's what you want the attention on yeah you know but social media isn't built for that you know what i mean social media is literally a visual medium based on like you know it's like the spotlight is on your like sort of personality or something like that You're Brand, yeah, brand, branding, and it's like um, I just want the most people to listen to our music because I think it's really good, you know. And um, the spotlight is part of that, but I mean, I like the spotlight just as much <laughs> as anybody else, you know. <laughs> well, what about you? Do you like the spotlight? Um, I don't. I'm more comfortable being on the side, mm -hmm. but I do, I do like it when I'm singing. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't say I feel that way in like every scenario in my life, but um, I don't know. I think it's probably pretty typical of, you know, or pretty like, I don't know, I wouldn't want to say like female trait as a female musician. I've just always, I've been in like I've, I've had a, this kind of dynamic for a long time, so it is easier for me. What, what kind but of dynamic? Just a male-female or like a, like a, more like type A 
you know, uh-huh. personality with mine. Um, so I'm like, I'm like comfortable in the dynamic, but I'm also like, as I'm getting older, I'm very like much, you know, uh, coming to terms with that and wanting to like not be a part of that as well. Yeah. So that's something I think in the past year I've kind of explored as well with like writing my own music and trying to, you know, do that. But um, I don't know. I'm like in this dynamic, it also doesn't really feel like that either. Like I really don't feel like I'm in a side or like it's very like even the way we like mastered or mixed the the record, like it just like vocally it it was so like equal. Uh-huh. You know? So it definitely like with this project more than any other project I've been involved in, it just feels like very like partnership uh-huh. more than anything. Uh-huh. Which is like definitely contributes to I love the music so much, but I like the way Chris and I work together and the band works together just like is the best I've felt and I feel very supported. So yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I literally would not have started this. I it was like I'd heard Lexi sing on a record that she had been on and then heard her sing at work. And it was like I was like I, was I, I will like what <laughs> yeah, to Neil Young. And it was like, yeah, like this person needs to be like singing like there needs to be a band behind her like that was my main motivation in the beginning was like whatever was going to get her singing you know and playing shows you know i think it's i mean i don't have a complete thought on this but i do think it's an interesting tension that a lot of musicians have between i want my music to be successful versus how much of this is i like the ego feedback or the fame fame or whatever or you know Mm -hmm. uh attention what is it really about and it's i I, like i said my thought is not complete on that but i think it it probably causes a lot of uh a lot of people to kind of revisit or look at what what the relationship is with social media and i mean that's something i've been asking people about lately is how more specifically about social media how how do you guys feel about do you have a one that you go to the most, like Instagram or Twitter or something like that? Probably just by default Instagram, but I hate it. Instagram, really, you hate Instagram. I mean, I'm on it, but I, like the way I engage, I'm like horrible at it. I, like, it, there's no part of it that I like. I like that it's connect. like a skill. It is Instagram a skill. I mean, is a skill. Yeah, so, it's he's so like goofy and like has a way with it, and I'm just like <laughs> very matter of fact. So you and don't I'm like it because you don't feel like you. Kind of. I'm not conveying, like, any part of me, which I'm actually proud of. Like, I don't really think... That's not, like, a valuable skill to me, necessarily. Uh-huh. It's more of, like, a necessary one, like he was saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm just so horrible at it. So, uh, not a value to me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, the same Instagrams. Although, I, I actually am, like, more on Twitter than I would care to admit. Like... <laughs> I do have some sort of, like, ultimately, I think Twitter would be the hardest one for me to get rid of. You're very funny on Twitter. I love, I, I like Twitter. It is horrible brain poison. <laughs> there's something about it that, like, it is, because I think it is, like, more anonymous. It feels more anonymous. I have, like, no followers, which is fine. <laughs> and it is, like, uh, because it's not, like, pictures of you and whatnot. It's, like, it's just, uh it's an alternate personality, it feels like. It's like I'm the that. opposite. I feel like thoughts versus just pictures 
Yeah, and th- that is what drew me to Twitter, is because it, it's like, okay, I've seen everybody's face a million times. <laughs> it's like, I want to see people's ideas, but then it's like, ultimately, I feel like on Twitter, you are cultivating sort of like this personality on there, and it does become 3D eventually. What do you mean? Like, I feel like the, um, you cr- it's like it is still like branding, I feel like, in a way, but it's just... Um, but way fewer people are promoting stuff on Twitter, which I think is good, too. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just people spewing out whatever they think. Um, what is your favorite type of Twitter content? Oh, uh, well, I got on Twitter for Donald Drill. Trump. <laughs> well, Trump, Trump is gone. There's no Trump on Twitter anymore. Um, which I think ultimately will probably mark, like, the beginning of the end of Twitter. Uh, I think that his, like, influence on Twitter was, like, so colossal that probably now that he's gone this is probably like the the waning days of twitter without <laughs> trump there honestly but i got on twitter exclusively for drill at drill d-r-i-l you know that no oh, boy. what's twitter. that am i toxically online yeah what are you talking <laughs> you about right? you everyone knows drill um, I can't explain it. You just have to see it. It's <laughs> hilarious. I, I thought it was so funny. And so it's something funny. Yeah, it's like a comedy page, and okay. it's like extremely sort of, uh, man, I really don't know how to f- describe what he does. But that was exclusively why I started Twitter, because I was like, this is how I can see these tweets, and that's how it started for me. Oh, Lord, here I am talking about Twitter. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, <laughs> you can't escape it. So, okay. You're talking about, I'm curious if you, do you do any comparison on social media? Do you, to other bands, I assume you're friends with a lot of other bands, you're a musician, does, does it evoke any feelings of that? I think that there's a healthy and, and an unhealthy level of competition on there that is a little bit of a double-edged sword in a way, because I think a certain amount of, like, admiration and competition is, like, great for a music scene. And I think that the other edge of that can be, like, sort of, like, jealousy or um, resentment. Mm-hmm. And I am often trying to stay on the good side of that sword. But, you know, certainly it's like when you see people doing really well, you know, it's like, well, you know, you think about it. But I think on the whole... I try to stay on like the better edge of competition. I'm more, I'm more, uh, I'm intensely online. I think. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Although I did just get banned from Instagram recently. For what? Um, I posted. I'm not really sure. I I posted a picture of Chris Farley covered in blood from an <laughs> SNL sketch, and I um, also at the same time I had got my car towed, and they had a sign in there for, like that says like you have to wear a mask. And there was a picture of a mask, and someone had graffitied, like, the word fun on it, like F-U-N, and I thought that was funny, and I posted that, and I got 30 days in the hole. Why for that? I don't know. I think that it's just an algorithm, and that, you know... Do you think someone reported you? I think that there's just certain things that get flagged. I think it is... I think it's essentially you get flagged by the algorithm, they disable your account, and then later, a human comes along to, like judge whether or not that was appropriate or not. Can you imagine that job? Like reviewing Facebook videos and things like that? No, I cannot imagine that job. Oh my, yeah, dude. Exhaustion of that. Have you been around Twitter or did you make an alternate persona to 
or Instagram to get back on there? Well, I have the band account. <laughs> Because I I really have been wanting to delete Instagram, and I was like, oh, cool, I got 30 days in the hole. I'll just ride that out and maybe just delete my Instagram, Uh and then I would still have. Yeah, you were trying to do it as like a healthy, like you're like, I'm gonna take a break. And I wanted to sort of. No, he's trying to get me, and I'm like, no, this is not my strength. Because we need, that's the thing, is like, I will need an Instagram to promote this album. So I was trying to get it, her to do it, but um, but anyways, they my account's back up and I still have it. Yeah, <laughs> not a, it's a non-issue. <laughs> I started posting immediately when they, <laughs> they were like, you're free, and I was I'm like, back. oh, cool. <laughs> so okay, I like what you said about the social media can provide maybe a healthy dose of admiration slash competition in a music scene. People are kind of watching each other, and maybe they're setting a bar a little bit and inspiring each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you, in your music bubble, in your social media bubble, do you feel like that Chicago is healthy in that? Do you feel like people are just out to, I don't know. Does it feel like a healthy, friendly thing, or does it feel mean? And I think it's great. I think on the whole, yeah, I think Chicago's really good at, like, um helping each other succeed and I think at like being genuinely happy and supportive of people that do like get any sort of notoriety or, mm-hmm. or success or something. Well, we but, have had people also like uh, once or twice like br- bring up us not tagging them for a show oh, yeah. or like us not being on top of like making sure we're mentioning that and that like I really appreciated that. That they told you? Yes. Uh-huh. Even if it was in, like, I mean, it wasn't in, like, a, a shitty way. It was just, like, mm-hmm. hey, you need to do that. And I was mm-hmm. like, absolutely, yeah. So I think, I don't know. Yeah, I actually I remember what you're supportive. talking about. I think I had a different reaction to it because uh. I was like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, it'd be, like, like I said, it's hard for me to really, like, value this stuff. But I don't know. I appreciate it. But, but it's understandable that yeah. other people value it. I mean, it's, yeah. like, it is a central promotional tool for yeah. better or for worse we're in it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine a way of unless you are already like on a great label like I feel like whenever I hear musicians who are like completely out of the loop or something like uh, I I was listening to this interview with Will Oldham not that long ago and he was like they mentioned some internet personality he's like I don't know who that is and they were like oh that's so great that you don't know who that is and it's like well yeah you're you don't need Instagram to promote your record like he's already very well established yeah for you know 30 years or something it's like yeah i would love to it's a privilege to not care about it for sure yeah yeah i would love to not to uh have a built-in audience of people but as far as growing an audience you have no really other no other way especially right now yeah but i think that maybe people are sick of social media and maybe we will see more sort of like organic ways of music getting promoted and whatnot what do you picture um well i think that i mean my hope is that it's like after having the most like anti-social period of our lives that the like the social group dynamics of like live music will be like reinvigorated like especially on like a local level in um in sort of fostering like real in-person 
support and like mm-hmm. and just having fun and playing music because it's like what you do as people and not like oh I have to go to this show because I need to be seen or whatever it's like would you have those feelings before yeah I mean I feel like there's sometimes like an obligation to do mm-hmm. certain things social obligations that come along with it social obligations what about this might be good for my career yeah 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 and that too yeah like maybe wanting to rub elbows with the right people or whatever and like Chicago is definitely not like I don't think we're like that bad like it's a pretty grounded place yeah and people I are agree. pretty uh, down to earth um, like even going to Nashville or LA is always feels like this web of networking always and it's like do you guys is anybody here like each other <laughs> or are you guys all obligated to be here but yeah I think that after the pandemic it's like I think everyone's going to be so stoked just to see people play that there'll be less of that pressure on the, on the music and can just be like loose and fun. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like the, the blueprint that I was talking about earlier, I feel like sort of leads to a little bit of, uh, I think things in a general way, nobody specific is, can be a little bit boring. Um, and you, and I feel like people have a lot of pressure to perform in a certain way and to appear in a certain way that's, like, a little bit boring. Maybe. I'm you, a little bored. You mean, like, the way they're supposed to look or present themselves or, yeah, or their like, music or... Yeah, the music. Like, even just feeling like, oh, I need to um, sort of uh, play this record note for note or something like that. Oh, like, uh, like, sort of, like, representing the product as accurately as possible. Um, it feels like that is in the front seat and, like, actual, like, spontaneous, joyful expression sometimes is in the back seat. So you're saying the way that they're presenting it, but not necessarily the creativity itself or the product is boring, but maybe the... Or, may, or is it? I mean, not in. I don't think. I think that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to sound like negative. Talking about like the performance aspect of it. Yeah, I just feel like um, I feel like there's a little bit of like stuffiness in the air, and mm. I've I've noticed that change over the last like my decade here in Chicago. It's become more stuffy. I feel like it's a little stuffy sometimes. I feel like we could like roll our sleeves up and like screw up sometimes, and like take bigger risks and be weirder. So what does that mean, like jamming or making mistakes or what does that look like? Yeah, or yeah, and just being sort of like a little bit more vulnerable. I feel like a a super polished performance. The thing that I miss the most out of music is like vulnerability. And I feel like when I was younger, and it's not like, you know, everybody's doing this. Um, There's still moments of like genuine vulnerability in music. But, um, you know, I feel like I see less and less of like um, genuine like, uh, yeah, I guess just vulnerability. Well, I think that comes also with people like guarding their music like it's some precious thing. Like I, I feel like I don't see as much in Chicago, but in other cities, it's like with people that I, you know, I'm friends with. It's just like they hold their music so close to them, and they don't just like put things out there and you know edit and like you know like I think something I learned from Chris a lot is just to not like hold your songs in such like a high regard or like, like they're so like take it too seriously. Yeah. Like seriously, or just like they're, 
that important or that they're gonna like change the world. It's just like this is a song, and I hope it like you know affects someone in a positive way. And because of that, I think it results in what you're saying is this like lack of vulnerability and you're trying to polish everything that you, before you can put it out there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because to me it's like I f- and I feel like this because we have been living in like really sort of like serious times mm-hmm. um of course like that's going to be reflected in music and i don't think that that's necessarily always bad but i always am like well rock and roll is like the stupidest thing that ever happened like it is a big silly dumb thing <laughs> in a way and that was like what is good about it um, and I don't think that people shouldn't take it seriously. I feel like the exact opposite. I think you should take it very seriously, but that you have to also recognize what's good about it. And what's good about it is that it's kind of like a big dumb thing. <laughs> you know, that's like the best part of rock and roll is it's like, you know, silly people doing silly things. Like it's ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. David thinks we're in for a lot of goofball comedy coming up. Oh, yes. I mean, if he has anything to say about it, I think that, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. definitely true. <laughs> well, let me, let me, let's ask you this. So kind of coming off of this year and it sounds like you've kind of reassessed your relationship to music and music career. What, what is in the near future for you guys? What are you working on? What's coming up? We're putting out this record. Yeah, we're going to have a record um, coming out. That's, uh-huh. yeah. that's about as far into this as I've thought. Well, I mean, we've already been writing new songs. There's probably a- at least 10 that are already ready to make another record that were not, didn't make it to this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so hopefully recording more. Yeah, I think we'd like to start uh, start recording over the summer maybe uh-huh. now that we're able to like all get together we haven't been together in the same room yet all of us okay but this sunday we are going to out to nick's place in barrington and we're gonna shoot a video and hang out and so i think like now that we can get together we can actually learn how to play these songs again (laughs) that's great um that's really exciting so you have a new album Mm -hmm. can you share with us about your new album uh, yeah, uh, it's coming out on Scissor Tail Records. We just got the test press a few weeks ago. We love the way it sounds, mm-hmm. and um, sometime in the coming weeks, we're going to have a presale, and everyone should buy it. That's great. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, let's see here. Any, anything else that you guys want? I want to get to some audience questions. Is there anything else that we need to touch on before we move on? I would love to hear from the chat. That's, that's All right. Let's, let's hear from the chat. So we've got a few questions here. Um, did you ever find yourselves with more or less creative energy during the last year? Less. Except um, a weird thing was happening where I was, like, jolting awake in the middle of the night and, like, recording little... <laughs> Interesting. Sound bites. Is that different for you? <laughs> Going back to sleep. Uh, I mean, the, like, frequency, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I, like, spent a lot of time, like, running on my parents' treadmill, and I would, like, that's when things would come to me. So, so it was, was like, recording. kind of, like, hidden, and it would find its way out. For sure. Which was frustrating to them, because I wasn't, like, uh, actively writing or playing mm-hmm. outside of that for a long time. So uh-huh. I guess it's a mixed answer. 
Uh, how do you feel? How about you, Chris? Um, uh, up and down for sure, but I mean, I would say it's been about the same for me. I mean, I wasn't writing much for Tobacco City until we got back together. Um, but I definitely have been writing a lot. I've like wrote an album, so which I th- wasn't sure if that was gonna like happen, but the songs kept coming and I kept liking them, and so. I feel like it's actually been about the same for me. I wrote a lot this year. That's interesting. Okay, as I was listening, you were on the show early on. You were on episode 12, yes. April 17th, 2020. You yeah. were, I guess, wow. So, and at that time, we were talking about writing, and you were like, I've got no, no lyrics. No You'd lyrics. You'd just be like, what are we doing? What's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like, what? so it sounds like you maybe broke out of that? Yeah, I broke through that somehow. I don't know. I, I mean, it's... As you could probably tell from watching this, it's like I don't really ever have a shortage of things to say. Um, but yeah, after that sh- sort of short bit in the beginning, I just sort of it kept coming. Like, wrote a bunch of tunes. Um, I felt a little liberated just writing for my for no reason. So it was uh-huh. like there wasn't a lot of pressure there, which I think is a good little environment for writing is for there to be like no pressure it's just like yeah i'll write something who cares it's just me in my apartment right now <laughs> like so you're sitting on quite a bit of material right now it sounds like yeah i think i have like an ep and a full-length album of solo stuff that i did this year that i'm in no hurry to show anybody basically and we worked on a little bit of yeah I'm, I'm still working i gotta finish my beach boys cover right take, your time, been, yeah. take your time take your time i want to hear that oh my god the art clap yeah Oh, yeah. So yeah, I do, too. I'm sure it's amazing. Wow. Um, a dream come true, because I'm a big fan. Yeah, same. What a dream. Yes. Um, but, great. yeah, so there's going to be some more. I don't know. It hasn't slowed. Uh, well, I also got a piano um, at some point. Josh and Eliza's piano, and I tuned it. So I've been sort of teaching myself the piano, and that kind of opened up a little portal uh-huh. of writing, too. So, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've probably been more creative this year. Okay. All right. How did shelter in place? Another question. How did shelter in place affect band dynamics? Um, we had a couple of Zoom hangs. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, we're we've been to getting together probably since the beginning of the year, and it's been the same. Yeah, but mostly, I don't think we really talk about music. Mm-hmm. Like. So Josh and Eliza are my neighbors, so we hang out a lot. Um, we don't see Nick very often because he's out in the burbs. But I don't feel like... I feel like we've hung out a lot, but we haven't... Um, we don't really talk about music or the band. Oh, we talk about music for sure. Yeah. And basically yeah. nothing else, but not yeah. our music or the band as much. Yeah. Because it's like, why, you know, why make plans when it's like mm-hmm. everything's so unsure? Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite Bruce LP? Oh, oh God. Who's in the chat? Um, how much time do we have left? <laughs> <laughs> um, currently, and probably most consistently, my favorite Bruce Springsteen album is uh, Born in the USA. Yeah, same. It slaps from beginning to end. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything wrong with that record it's great Bruce is the man 
and then probably uh, well, we don't need, we don't need to go down the list, but yeah, maybe yeah. Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say actually, um, greetings from Asbury Park yeah. is probably my second one. They're All tied right. for first. All right. Okay. Well, wait, uh, what was yours? Born in the USA. Yeah. Nice. Well, just recently. I mean. Yeah. I went on a little trip to LA for a month and. I was driving around downtown LA listening to that record. And I was like, this is so It's so, so good, good in the car. In the it's car. It's so good in the car. Dude. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, well-tuned guitar or poorly tuned guitar? This has nothing to do with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> is this a jab? <laughs> I feel like, uh... Uh, oh. I feel like it's, that depends on who is playing that guitar. Like, I feel like... For ninety percent of people, well-tuned guitar, please. Yeah. But some people got some swagger; they can like do a little something with it. I would say specifically, does anyone know Jim Becker? You guys know Jim Becker? That guy could play a guitar in any sort of state of tuning, and it would sound great. So it depends on the person. For me, I need a well-tuned guitar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And uh, here's another one. Would you consider a band manager to do the promotional work that you aren't as interested in? Uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I feel like I, that is the, yeah, generally the stuff I am least interested in and someone else doing that. I mean, there's a reason that that job has existed for so long. Like, um, that kind of work can be inhibiting to the process if you're doing it yourself. Like, I think that there's a legitimate space for that role in the world. Because, like, man, that stuff is draining. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and the last audience question, what's the best cigarette? What are we talking here? What, Parliament light, maybe? Uh, if you want to smoke it fast. <laughs> that is not what I was fast. expecting you to say at all. This is from Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like... Little reds for Eliza. Yeah, we have to say... I feel like to be on brand, we have to say reds. But that is not... I smoke American yeah, Spirit, American light American Spirits. Blue. I don't smoke anymore, so I can't smoke like a 20-minute cigarette. So I would say a Parliament. Yeah, it is the longest. Yeah, yeah Parliament's fast. It's mostly... You're getting a lot of oxygen in there. Um... <laughs> It is funny, though, when we first... So that is something we could... I would like to say maybe during this is Tobacco City, the place we named our band after, is closed. And rest in peace. The only place you could get $10 packs. Yeah, and they got snitched. Someone snitched, and the city slapped them with a $170,000 fine. And so far since then, since a couple days after that, they've been closed. So RIP to a real one. That place was ch- selling the cheap cigs for like almost the whole time I've lived in Chicago. As a healthcare wor- care worker, I need to say yeah. that smoking is bad and you shouldn't smoke. And if you smoke, you should quit. Smoking is terrible. And when yes. we started the band, we all quit smoking. Like we had a cigarette themed band and then none of us were smoking. <laughs> you would have said this was a cigarette themed band. Definitely. We, we have a song called Marlboro Reds. <laughs> So, well, but, all yeah. right. I mean, I think you know the great questions. Thank you, guys, in the audience yeah, for sending some questions. Yeah, those are thank fun. You. Um, I think you know this has been a really great conversation. Let's let's transition to hearing you guys play some songs. Cool. 
Why can't we just lie here? Tell it like it ain't. Like you are a princess. And I am a saint. Let's not talk about it. Let's just live the life.
dragging her fingers along the wall. The street light fills the window with light from above, but there ain't nothing bluer than a man out of love. Someone hung the moon in the wrong damn room. Now I'm strung out and howling at an switch to the electric, but I think I might just keep rolling. I'm vibing. I took my love to the river. I took her down to the river to tell her I don't love her anymore. 
Tell her I don't love her anymore And if lightning guides the city nights And it blows out of the neon lights Sometimes it's hard to love And all of a sudden the broken glass is there Man, it's everywhere. A man, it's everywhere. You let the city guide the night. All over town, the mothers are weeping. While the mayor's in a hotel sleeping, I swear. Sometimes it's hard to love But if lightning guides the city nights And it blows out of the neon lights Sometimes it's hard to love And all of a sudden it seems like the cops are there Oh man, they're everywhere Oh man, they're everywhere You let the city guide the night You let the city guide the night You let the city guide the night I took my love to the river I took her down to the river to tell her I don't love her anymore To tell her I don't love her anymore <laughs> New song This is a new song Debut this is a song about playing in a bar and how fun it is to do. <laughs> Cigarette smoke close to the floor but you can smell the trees when you open the door you hear the speakers crackle and whine and you can feel my love coming down off the line all the floor
in your money and kick it slow cause Jimmy got back from New Orleans and there's no place to go and do what you will while the moon's in way cause when the morning comes you might not feel the same see the do-eyed dummies in the morning clear leave a cathedral of piss and beer That's all right. Yeah. We actually only remember one more. <laughs> Do we remember this one? <laughs> oh boy. Some of them, it's like you think we don't need to practice that one.
if it starts wearing out, well, I'll know just when it shows. But if the sky opens up and it fills up my cup, I guess I'll chalk it up to waiting, to waiting and love. And it's rice and it's beans, it's ginger and beans, and if it's City of amazing. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, where can people find your music and pre-order and all that? Um, currently, Bandcamp is the best place. Um, our singles are up there, and then there'll be info on Instagram about the pre-sale that will be coming up soon. And then when the album comes out, stuff will be on Spotify. But Bandcamp is better. That was an incredible performance from Tobacco City. I hope you enjoyed the very first group session episode of Music Therapy. Come back next week for a new episode of Music Therapy, and please visit musictherapypodcast.com and jessicarisker.com. Music